0: Welcome to Shite and Sound, my name is Eutha Shite And I am Finn Sound Nicholas
1: uh, And it's been uh, over two weeks since we last recorded yep. um, It's been
0: over two weeks since we watched the films we'll discuss yep. In the meantime, I had I had the opportunity to see The Leopard in the cinema Yeah, uh, And I uh, missed it, which I'm bummed about Because I think I would, I would like to have seen the movies we are talking about in the last week or so Yeah, a lot has changed mm. There have been some pretty other
1: seismic changes, and so I want to ask, Vin, how does it how does it feel? I don't I don't want to, have to say it. It's gauche for me to say it. So, how does it feel for you after you know the change in our okay. status?
0: Well, we both know what I'm talking about. Are you talking about the I married the king, and you were, uh, and that's what you wanted to do, but I got there first. No, no, it's not that. It's not that. Okay, because that did also happen.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't really believe in the monarchy. Oh, sure, and but I'm, so, I'm taking it down from
0: within. How so? Go on. So I'm thinking, you know, now that I'm an insider... Yeah, uh, like
1: yeah. that film about how cool smoking is. Yeah,
0: now that they all trust me, uh, I'm going um, to get like... Uh, yeah, if
1: there's one thing royalty is famous for, it's trusting people who marry in. Yeah,
0: so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to get my brain plugged into, like, a weird computer chair, <laughs> and uh, okay. and I'm going to go into, like, a white space, and the are going to say, what do you need? And I'm going to say, royalty-killing guns. Lots of royalty-killing guns, and I'm going to uh, get right, lots of guns yeah. to kill uh, the monarchy with.
1: Yeah, but only in the Matrix.
0: Which is where the monarchy is. I know that... No, I, 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 you, I okay. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I'm I married into RuneScape royalty. <laughs>
1: so I, no, well, obviously, okay. Finn is too shy to say it, but there's been a major change, especially in relationship between this podcast and, and film in general, because now I'm of the high, highest tier uh, of film people. I have a, a relationship with the, the cinematic arts that few. Have oh yeah, um, everyone dreams of, and I finally attained it, and that is uh, with the release. Oh, right of <laughs> of the Fast and the Furious Nine,
0: the tenth Fast, Fast and Furious, and Furious film, film.
1: I have now lived on one of the streets which Dominic Toretto and his his team of oh, wacky funsters have raced down. there there, there's a shot when they're racing down through, through old Edinburgh where if you panned the camera, all 10 degrees to the left, you'd just be looking through the window of the place I lived for, for a month. And I like, I don't want to say that it's changed me, but people do look at me a different way. Mm. You know, uh, in the screening I saw in the embassy, uh, uh, in, in Wellington, Everyone did immediately turn and, and look at me. And, yeah, everyone
0: pulled out their phones and t- turned their lights on and just pointed them directly at oh, you. Oh, yeah, and, and, and those who didn't have their
1: phones just started giving me their money and clothes. Yeah.
0: Um, it, but, they, but they gave you so many clothes that you couldn't move anymore, and so you were just stuck in the fed and had to watch the movie 17 more times, and it drove you to insanity.
1: Ah uh, no, it, it drove me to a higher level of understanding. Which I ne- is what insane people
0: say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, now, now that I've seen the Fast and the Furious 9 colon, the Fast Saga, the 10th Fast and Furious film 18 times, I know that narrative is not required. I know that cars can bungee jump that you can just put a rocket on the back of a car and it can go into space. I know that if you introduce John Cena as a villain at one point, he will, he'll just decide to be good. And he just, he'll
0: just decide. Isn't that what happens with like most of the villains in these movies? Not, in, in the film. Well like did did didn't didn't did like like Statham and, and Amber Rock Have started off as villains. Uh yeah, well the Rock was more of an anti-villain. Uh,
1: um but yeah no, like Statham is the villain of seven, then part mm. of the team in eight. When you've and he's seen everyone's
0: favourite character in Hobbs and Shaw. No he's no. He
1: of out of Hobbs and Shaw, yes. Oh yes. Finn, what is it like to be sharing a podcast studio? with one of the true luminaries
0: of films uh well it's humbling hello and welcome to shite and sound the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way Maybe they share themes, plot, actors, or director. We want to see if counterpointing of these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watch number 58 on the sight and sound list The Leopard, Lucino Visconti's epic tale of the downfall of a Sicilian aristocracy. Our second film this week is Marie Antoinette, Sophia Coppola's kinetic, post punk inflected retelling of the last years of a French monarchy.
1: I want to make a confession, which is that in, in the weeks that have passed, I, I went to Ellington, put on put on some shows, uh, you know, just gen, generally didn't do much. And I kept being like, feels like the leopard is falling from my mind, like ice from an iceberg. Yeah. And now I like, I could pick out pictures from it. Mm. I could not, like, the information I currently have to hand about The Leopard is because the Wikipedia page is open in front of me, you know? So I would very much like it if you could remind me of The Leopard. Because I don't even, I remember not loving it, but I also really don't remember, like, in a way that I find very troubling. (laughs) In a way, because it's just like...
0: It's like gone. yeah, so yeah, so we 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 watched the Leopard, like almost three weeks ago, yeah, and and then I had to go, away. yeah, and and we watched it in I think entirely suboptimal conditions for watching the Leopard, mm-hmm. which was during the middle of a day, on like a like mid mid sized t v yeah in, in a room with all the curtains open and light streaming in, yeah, and yeah that, that that's that's not how you should watch the Leopard. if you're gonna watch it. Uh, you should do what I uh, almost did and uh, see it in the theater. Yeah, uh, because it is a movie that deserves to be seen on the biggest screen possible. Because even if you don't like it, it looks incredible. This movie has some of the best landscape photography I've ever yeah. seen. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not coming. Yeah. From, I'm uh, no, yeah. Yeah no, yeah. no.
1: No. No. Finn, I think the leopard is ugly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I remember there were points where we were watching a movie where like it would it would cut to a landscape and I would just say. Was like, was Italy just invented for movies to be made in it?
1: I mean that and
0: uh, bonga bonga parties.
1: <laughs> God, please bunga bunga. 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 Pa- right, yeah.
0: <laughs> <Ugh>. Italy. <laughs> get it together. I mean it is As the Beastie Boys uh, would say, get it together.
1: <laughs> oh, you've got a fight for your right to bonga bunga party. <laughs> <sighs> This Italy, Conti, Luciano.
0: Is no, it's just Lucino. No, you can't prove it. We're looking at the Wikipedia page right now. Lucino Visconti di Modrone, Count of Lonate Pozzolo. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, and off the top of my head, what I know about him. Is that he was an Italian theatre, <laughs> opera, and cin- cinema director as well as screenwriter. Visconti was one of the fathers of Italian, Italian neorealism, neorealism and film, in film, but, but later, later moved towards luxurious, luxurious looking, looking films, films abs- uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> of okay.
0: Obsessed with beauty, death, and European history, especially the decay of aristocracy. Among his best known films are Ossessione, or Obsession, Senso. Rocco and his brothers, the Leopard, the Damned, Deaf in Venice, and Ludwig. I don't
1: think I've seen
0: any Visconti. I, I've seen, I've seen, I've, I've seen his first film Obsession, oh, which, yeah. which is yeah, what, 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 what one of the early Italian neorealist films. Uh, I didn't like it that much. I think it's, I thought it was very long when I saw it. Uh, I'm going to watch. Uh, uh, I'm I'm going to watch *Dip and Bennis this year because it was released in 1971, and oh, I'm yeah. trying to watch uh, every film I can from 1971.
1: Let's yeah, let's briefly pause that Visconti chat and unpack. So yeah, what the fuck are you
0: doing? Uh, well, it's a project I call uh, *Perfect 1971*. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was an idea the I hold Linguini love myself <laughs> 2005. Yeah, it was a thing I decided to do, and then everyone I mentioned it to was like. You know, that's just the James A. Acaster book, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, it is the James A. Acaster book." Yeah. But no, like, uh, and
1: podcast now. Oh,
0: that's good. And audio book, but uh, so I mean, uh, the book mm- implicitly contains within it the audio book. So uh, uh, earlier this year, I was just thinking about movies that I like, and I was I, uh, I was, I was first th- time. Yeah, uh, I was trying to make a list of my top hundred movies, and I, I realized that *Punishment Park*, *For Devils*, and *Wake and Fright were all really high on that list, and they were all released in the same year. And I was like, oh, is, is 1971 the, the greatest year for cinema? Maybe I should uh, uh, try and find out. And so I started watching uh, every film that I can from 1971. Have you considered...
1: I think that's an interesting thing to do. But I have an alternate pitch. Yep. Why don't you get a life?
0: Uh, no. Why don't um,
1: you actually it, just go outside, feel the grass amongst your toes look up at the sky and scream for freedom.
0: Uh, no, uh, in, in, in no way am I going to do that?
1: Look, I, if you're gonna obsessively watch films, you should do it the way I do, mm-hmm. which is that when you are feeling just overwhelmed by the relentless muchness of all the nothing that surrounds you watching the same three to five, $200 million plus action films, just, to feel a little alive and be like, oh yeah, he really is climbing on that Burj Khalifa. They really mm. did crash that plane, and I think that's a lot healthier mm. than. They, they exposing- really did
0: run around Los Angeles screaming at trans people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Tangerine, famously $200
0: million film. Action, action film, yeah. Yeah. It's a $200 million I action mean it, film. Like, sort, sort
1: of. <laughs> there, there's a lot of walking very quickly in yeah. the film. There's a fair amount of fighting in that film. I mean, it's mainly shouting. And then there's the long sequence of, of pulling the woman by her hair,
0: which is, <laughs> that's good. The best films are from, from 1971, but I've seen the first time this year, uh, Elaine May's A New Leaf. Oh yeah. Uh Robert Altman's McC- McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Okay,
1: yeah, those are both good, yes. Uh
0: William Friedkin's The French Connection.
1: Uh okay,
0: also good. Mike Nichols Carnal Knowledge. I have not seen that. Yeah. Uh and uh, uh, uh and the Don Siegel version of The Beguiled. Uh oh. I, I Which is uh uh ridiculous. I mean the I mean the worst film from nineteen seventy one which I've seen is, Diamonds uh, are forever uh, No it is a Japanese softcore porn film That, w- that was on movie for a while uh, uh, Which is called uh, Gushing Prayer A 15 year old prostitute Which is uh, terrible and incredibly boring
1: Yeah and you And it, like I presume the circumstances under which You watched that were equally terrible Because no one watched that willingly I presume there was some kind of horrific Home invasion <laughs> the purge was happening and a man just held a broken bottle coated in acid and poison to your neck and was like, you're going to watch this film that contains the phrase 15 year old (laughs) prostitute in the title. And you said, obviously no sane,
0: lucid. Absolutely. Yeah. no, No one would do that.
1: No enfranchised human would do this. So Visconti count. Of Lonate Pozolo,
0: yeah. So he, he, he was both a member, of, uh, like he's both a member of the aristocracy and a communist. Yeah, and uh, like which- me now, because of my film aristocracy, and
1: you mm. as well, because of your marriage to which which king did you marry? Uh, the king of Ruinscape. Oh, right, that's right. And what what's his name?
0: Uh, oh, I can't I can't remember what my husband's called. Oh no,
1: the leopard. Nineteen sixty-three. Palm d'or. Golden Palm.
0: It's like when you piss yourself mm. while masturbating. Starring Bert Lancaster, Ellen Delon, uh, Claudia Cardinale, Terence Hill. Oh yeah, Terence Hill. Remind me. a, b- a bunch of a, a bunch of Italian people.
1: Oh um, we watched the the longer cut. Ca- right, yeah. When it was first uh, first released um, there was the international cut and the English cut, which was cut down, which people liked less, right. and was somewhat resultant for for its mixed reception. Yeah, to, be, to begin with. Um, but yeah, so Visconti, as you said, member of the royalty as well as a communist. He he came up through theatre. He was a very out bisexual man Mm. um, living very publicly uh, with, with, with a man uh, for the last couple of decades of his life. Yeah. And he seems like he was, if you look just at his biography, he seems like a figure who would be kind of a king of the counterculture. Mm. But like from the leopard, the leopard is in a lot of ways. And this is not a disparate, textbook historical film it is lush it is wide there's lot do you want frills because there are frills all over this shop yeah um people are wearing cuffs they're wearing jackets and like obviously it, it is it is commenting on these yes. retchos but, but, but not, it,
0: it's not commenting on it in in an obvious way yeah
1: not mm. in the way that Barry Linden
0: does yeah. or Marie Antoinette does. Yes. But yeah, so he yeah, he 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 started off in in, in Italian neorealism. His 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 fir- his first film uh, which is called Obsession is very much about the like lives of the, of the like rural poor. And it was, it was made in in 1943, so he's still living under a fascist government at that point. Yeah. And yeah, and and he, that, that that that's that's the sort of stuff that he was interested in at the beginning of his career and it's also sort of like a it's it's like a it's like a crime film it's also a romance and he's 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 kind of like mixing a lot of stuff together and then as time goes on he gets older i think he he like decides to look back more at the upper echelons that he that he was raised in yeah and the last half of his career basically is him making films about the rich and the powerful in these movies that are obsessed with wealth and power.
1: Mm. And like very specifically the aesthetics yes, of yes. them. Like so much of the status gains between characters is embodied in like who has the bluer jacket <laughs> or whose hair is taller or or who who whose white shirt is the most immaculate. Yeah. Um like he leans so much into the aesthetic of this era, the sumptuousness of it, and obviously, like it's an imagined aesthetic
0: of the era. So the 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 the, the leopard is set in Sicily in the uh, in the mid to late 1800s, coming to the end of a long string of 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 of, re- of revolutions that have essentially defined the 1800s and the like late 1700s and 1800s in in Europe. Yeah, at the end of the 1700s, you have the French Revolution, like basically everywhere from from like germany to denmark to to italy you you have you have all these revolutions where where the where the old regimes are either successfully or unsuccessfully being overthrown there is a a real increase in 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 nationalism like more more countries are being formed, countries are splitting off from each other and becoming independent whole whole lot of turmoil going going on around this point and the 1860s is sort of the the tail end of that, and this is part of the story of of the of the unification of Italy.
1: Mm. A thing that connects these two films is that there is they are not the stories of revolutions; they are the stories of the people who the revolution is happening to. Yes, um, and they are also it, it, it's not about it's not even like. You don't, it's not like, check out, it's happy days. <laughs> oh no, revolution's brewing. It is like, revolution is already happening. Mm. Like, you, we are, what is happening, the house is already half broken. Yeah. And, and so it, we're joining both of these, like, in medias res in terms of uh, the deconstruction of the, the unelected rich ruling everything.
0: Yeah, and both the leopard and Marie Antoinette are about the steps that the powerful take to avoid having to think about the fact that... At any moment, they could lose their power.
1: Yeah, or uh,
0: heads. Yes, There are two movies about the aristocracy essentially like hiding from the future.
1: Yeah, how do you hide from the future? Uh,
0: uh, watching lots of movies, from uh, podcasting, uh, listening to music that uh, makes me want to die, uh, all, all, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I just thought there might be a funny tangent nope. in that. No, you no. just you just so. Who is the leopard? Or I mean, I'm not sure. the the, the leopard is a is is an odd translation because it, it's more literally the serval, which is a different kind of big cat. Right in France, it's the cheetah, so it's more like Big Cat Man, Attack of the Cat Person. Mm. Yeah, no, Fabrizio Cobana, the Prince of Selina. I think he's the leopard. Pro- probably, yeah, yeah. They never say the leopard, do they? No, no.
0: It got to the final scene where he was walking through the streets, and was like, "Oh, now this is where the leopard's going to come in and kill him."
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that would be. I mean, it adds a real fresh on of tension to the whole film. Well, uh, uh,
0: uh, you know, it, it would be, it would be sort of a, it'd be sort of like a a, a v- the departed ending. Where a CGI leopard comes in, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." Oh, right, yeah, I, I, it
1: is, and you know, you know Hitchcock's thing about tension being the audience knowing about the bomb under the table, mm. and what the title "The Leopard" really does is really underline, you know, kind of for all films, not just this, about how characters really could be attacked by a leopard at at any point.
0: Yeah. So. Starring in the Leopard, we've got Bert Lancaster as Don Fabrizio, the yeah. Prince of Selina, yeah, who is like the head of this aristocratic family, one of several competing aristocratic families in in, in Sicily at the time. Uh, we have Alain Delon as Tancredi Falconeri, who is, I think, a nephew, yeah, who is engaged in a in a flirtation with one of Bert Lancaster's daughters,
1: yeah, which is always like got to the I, I don't need to explain this to you. But like the best place to scout for for romantic talent is within your family tree, you know. Fam- trees have roots for a reason. Am I, mean, I right?
0: It certainly seems to be according to uh, every movie we've watched so far. I mean, there was an actor called Paolo Stopper as Don Caligero Sedara, who was a who was the head of another family, and uh, and and his daughter Angelica, who's played by Claudia Cardinale. Yeah. I mean, after that, it gets sort of uh, hard to figure out who's related to who by reading the cast list. But uh, the film opens in 1860, just uh, uh, just as Giuseppe Garibaldi's men are landing in Sicily, and and we're all about to start fighting, and uh, and all the rich people are sort of scared, except for Bert Lancaster. Yeah, he like, oh, no.
1: yeah, he's constantly this point of stillness in these frames
0: full of action. Yeah, and he and he's he's also. It's an Italian film and everyone sort of looks like this. But he's wearing the same makeup that white people playing Mexicans wear in Spaghetti Westerns, kind of.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: everyone's just incredibly tan in this movie. Yeah, no.
1: It is that that level of browning up, which is just like, oh, you're just a bit sun-kissed. Maybe... Maybe this is okay. <laughs> like you're supposed to be playing Italians, so I guess it's not yeah, right. I mean, our Italians, why? I think we're qualified to discuss this after our groundbreaking work on Kidman's physique. <laughs> let's move on to uh, racial distinction specifically based on skin tone. So, yeah, there's, there's all, Garibaldi's in town. Yeah,
0: yeah, it all these Richies who are scared that Garibaldi's coming. Uh, And Garibaldi, uh, the security
1: chief on Babylon 5, of mm -hmm. course.
0: And Alain Delon comes in and he's (laughs) like, Hey, I've just joined the army. He's joined Garibaldi's army because he believes they're going to win. And he, he wants to be on the winning side because he believes it. If he is on the winning side of this war, then he can help his family later. Like yeah. uh, I, either way, he's sort of going to be fine. Because if Garibaldi loses, he can just he can be like, oh, okay, well I, I'm 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 an aristocrat. This is my yeah. family. They can get me out. And then if you if, don't want to hear what his family gets up to yeah. though, Ugh. and then and then if Garibaldi wins. Uh then he can be like, Hey Garibaldi, I helped you uh, I helped you overthrow uh like all those people. Uh this is my family. Can we can we help them out? Yeah. Yeah. For a film full of nobles, no one does anything noble in this film. Mm-hmm. It's iron. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Mm. There's a big battle scene out out on the streets of the, out of the streets of Sicily. mm mm-hmm. uh, oh it's a pretty good battle. Yeah, it looks pretty great. Yeah. Good fun. Yeah. Bunch, bunch of people die. Uh, lots lots of mud. Uh seemingly hadn't figured out uh, how to uh, how to p- how to pay the streets yet, the fucking idiots.
1: I if there's one thing I know about the past is, is that, that
0: they're all morons. You'd need good shoes. Oh, you'd need very good shoes.
1: Yeah, that's why what I say that's when I say that history
0: is a load of cobblers. You mean the bait good the cobbler. Oh right. That's just pie, right? Or like I- I don't, I don't crumble? Think, it might be a, it might be a crumble it, it's not a pie because Americans because like, I've heard Americans talk about I've only heard Americans talk about cobblers and they, yeah, they, yeah. and like if they get a chance to call something a pie they'll fucking do it so after this battle which the Garibaldius win then Alendalon uh, brings uh, a bunch of the officers up to uh, up to the family like castle with him to see all the frescoes and stuff
1: yeah and Donna Fugata hmm. Which I only say because it sounds like a comics only companion of the doctor,
0: yeah, so they look at the frescoes for a while, and then uh I guess everyone decides they want to go on holiday, mm. and so they go on like a carriage ride through the countryside, you know there was like war all around them, people are being displaced in very constant, like roadblocks by different armies, and they're sort of just able to get through all the by being like, "Oh, we're rich, let us through I know your commanding officer's father, and he was like, oh, yeah sure. And then they, they, they all just sort of like go to the countryside for a while and have picnics. And this is when we get a sustained 10 minutes of just some of the best landscape, extreme wide shots you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, it, it, it's a good looking film. Yeah, there's a bit where they're on top of the hill and the camera is just all like panning along. These mountains all the way in the background. There's like a massive lake and it's just beautiful green grass going on forever. And it like there, there, there is more land in the picture, than it seems like there could possibly be.
1: Yeah, it does seem somewhat non-Euclidean <laughs> in its uh, gracious beauty.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, they 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 go to this picnic uh, where. Uh, where uh, uh, where where Bert Lancaster's daughter uh, uh, con- continues to flirt with with Ellen Delon, and he's kind of into it, and it seems like they they might get married. Then they they finish their uh, holiday. They're going to the house of this other family run by Don Caligero. It, it's not so
1: much a holiday as they are fleeing Sicily because Sicily has been taken over. Uh, uh, so sure, terrible. but
0: but but they they they're, they're fleeing it in in in. They, 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 they flee, but like they, they, they always talk about it in terms of we're going on a holiday, we're yeah. we're, go, we're going to our summer home. Oh, we're going to stay with some friends for a while. It, it, yeah, it, it, the 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 whole fact that they are fleeing people who maybe want to kill them is kept so far in the background. Yeah, where like it almost never registers.
1: Not well, not for them. Yeah. but it, yeah. it is. It is. It's in the fourth like it's always in the film,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go to this town called Donna Fugata, uh, and they, they 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 stay with the mayor there, who, who is named Don Calogero. Mm-hmm. He's an aristocrat, but he's like a lower level of aristocracy than they are.
1: I he's, or is he just
0: an elected mayor?
1: Well, he's to me, he was like he represents the middle class, the rising middle right, class. Yes, yes. Uh, he represents. The people who will be in power post the revolution.
0: Yeah, he is the nouveau rich. He, he, is, he is wealthy, but it's not from, like, land or titles. It is, like, wealth that he has accumulated through, like, through the, like uh, through, through the positions that he was elected to and through, like, being, like, a businessman and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so they go and stay with him, and his daughter is played by Claudia Cardinale, and uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, Alain Delon is uh, very attracted to Claudia Cardinale.
1: Fabrizio and Tancredi yeah, yeah, are both in. Yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry.
0: Yeah, so they stay in Donna Fugata for well, like two hours. <laughs> That's like the last two hours of the film. Is yeah, 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 no,
1: uh, yeah, it's not in real time yeah, though. No, We're it, not. It's not nick of time, starting no, Jonathan D. They're, Depp, they're yeah. there
0: for like a couple of years. I think. Yeah, at least judging by the makeup. While they're there, they have to keep up appearances about about being like fancy rich people yeah. while all around them there, there, there are more and more signs of, of Italy being of, – well, of of Sicily being modernized. There are these encroaching elections, which at one point Burt Lancaster is asked to uh, – Well, it's, he, a, he, it's
1: he, a plebiscite or- – Right, because you, it, it, there's already a new national assembly. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I was getting confused with, with, I, when he's asked to be a senator later on. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, there's already a new national assembly, which the nationalists uh, who hold a plebiscite about who should run the country, basically, yeah. which the nationalists win because of corruption yeah. by Don Cal- Caligaro.
0: Yeah, I a- keep wanting to say Caligari. And I think even though it is seemingly against his interests, Don Fabrizio also takes part in in rigging this election because he understands that his time is up.
1: It's interesting because so much of following Fabrizio uh, is about trying to decode whether he is... Because he ends up doing the right thing more than he does the wrong thing. And whether that is simply because it is the right thing or because he wants to live. Mm. And like how much... Do you require the pressure of death, <laughs> uh, uh, of threat to get, um, you know? Yeah. And, and I think looking at Bezos uh, and Musk, I think we can firmly say that, no, letting, letting people in power just do whatever the fuck they want, they'll absolutely do the right thing yep. for for all of us. And I think it's great that Jeff Bezos is building nuclear power facilities that's not at all the beginning of a dystopian film. Yeah.
0: And this is why uh, Tim Bannon Guy Montgomery's secondary podcast Killionaire, where they uh, try to kill Jeff Bezos, is so important.
1: Is that a real podcast they do?
0: Yeah. The aim of the podcast is to make Jeff Bezos a trillionaire and then murder him.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you like content mocking Jeff Bezos? Check mm. out Inside from Robert Burnham. <laughs> Uh, a one hundred percent, one hundred percent accurate documentary that that I, a fool, watch and interpret as a literal expression of the truth, and was shocked to discover that people on Twitter have revealed to me was in fact a fabrication
0: created by a filmmaker. Yeah, so, so like. You know, we, we 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 do a podcast about like all oh, like like good movies and stuff, and yeah. all the list of like yeah. great movies, which I want to be clear, yeah.
1: inside does not yeah. count as yeah. So, <laughs> so, so inside I, is at best at best a long music video and one of the best long music videos,
0: or at worst a vlog. Okay, so you have ch- changed your mind a third time, and you think it's not a movie anymore?
1: Yeah, no, I, I've changed my mind. Okay, because yeah.
0: originally you said it wasn't a movie, and you said it was. Now, and okay. Yeah,
1: no, I well, what changed my mind is listening to the songs on their own on Spotify. Um, and it is like 90% of the joy of that. Very good piece of work is in the music. Right. It is like, yeah. it. it is. And it's not, it's a great piece of work. I sincerely check it out. Um, like shut the fuck up about having to have discourse about it. Just let a comedian have made a show. I saw someone have the take of be like, Oh, why aren't, you know, it, it's so telling that people aren't doing the Hannah Gatsby thing about oh, this. Right, yeah. And you're just like, no, it, it it's good. They shouldn't have done it with Hannah Getsby and they shouldn't have done it with this. Yeah. You know,
0: anyway, I, you know, so, so what, 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 what I was saying is we, we, we do this podcast about these supposed great movies. Yeah. yeah but I, I watched a long called Nosferatu recently. Yeah. People don't look like that in real life. Well, and also back be- 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 looks like Cuckoo
1: Bananas. No no, 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 no looks like that. I I haven't seen that film recently, but my my memory there's quite a lot of Ferratu in it. So the title alone is a lie. Well, no, it's 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 not
0: as in like uh, he's he he oh, he, go- like, he goes real fast because he's got yeah, yeah, like, yeah he's got nitrous cans in his car.
1: Yeah, like how uh, Dom Toretto beats Jacob Toretto uh, in 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 the race after their father died Mm. as shown in definitely my, it's in the top 10 of my favorite Fast and Furious films, the Fast and the Furious 9 colon, the Fast Saga. It's great. Justin Lin just knows how to shoot a chase. And, okay, like there's a bunch of magnets in it and you're like, cool, you've got a magnet gag. You're not going to use these. Second half of the film, they put magnets in cars and it's just like, you can tell the writing process of the film was then with a bunch of toy cars being like, what are all the incredible stunts we can do if these cars had magnets yeah. in them. And it's just so they, they pin a massive juggernaut either side with cars and then flip. It. Oh, it's so, oh, check to check to check to check, check, check it out. What, well, what, what, what it's all about to quote the beastie boys.
0: Yeah. This is uh this is an all beastie boys episode of, yeah, oh, shine sound. But anyway, the leopard. Yeah, so like a a bunch of stuff happens. Uh, (laughs) Okay, there is a whole thing where Elaine Delon and Claudia Cardinale fall in love, and you're like, yeah, I get it. Both real fucking hot.
1: Yeah, but it is it is very much as much as this is a film from 1963, uh, so 60s, but not yet swinging. Mm. There, there is also the um. Its idea of romance is kind of in that "quote unquote" kind of like old film way of just attractive people looking at each other for very long periods of time while muttering things. Um, yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's it's that's it's what it is.
1: Uh, it's around here that ta- uh, uh, that that Bert Lancaster sees the Ellen Dillon. Is not with Garibaldi anymore. He supports the King's army and is like, ah,
0: you're an opportunist. Yes. You don't care about anything. And he's like, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I, care about, I care about winning. I care yeah. about maintaining status. Which is... Which is why he wants to marry Claudia Cardinale as well. Yeah. Apart from the fact that she's incredibly beautiful, which is like her her family is... I mean, she's in a film. Yeah. Like her, her, her family is rich and modern. Mm. And so, if if if, if he marries and her, and will probably survive no matter what yeah, happens. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah and so if, if 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 he marries his cousin, like like she, she she she's a person of status, but her family doesn't have much money anymore, and aren't royal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but if he marries Claudia Cardinale, that ensures his place in the new Sicily that is barreling towards them. Yeah, they get married. There's a time jump. They have a house now, which is like an old house belonging to Don Caligero. It's a big decaying old manor with massive grounds and fields and stuff, but no one's used it in years and it's all shitty. And it, there's a couple of good scenes of him just running through this decrepit, decaying house. Yeah. And then, like, hiding in closets and jumping out at each other. Pretty symbolic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then there's this this rigged plebiscite. There's, like, one commoner who, is, who has a major role in the film, Who who is a man who he either works for Don Calagero or for Don Fabrizio. And he is in charge of all the like dogs and the guns for for when they go hunting. And there are a few scenes where him and and Don Fabrizio are like up in the mountains, and it's just the two of them together. And they they they.
1: And get. these are like the only moments where anyone is really alone in the film. Yeah, because when you have Claudia and Alan together falling in love, they they're still surrounded by servants, yeah. you know, and opulence. Yeah,
0: well, yeah the 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 only the only other scenes where people are alone. Uh, uh, like the, 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 the scenes of, of the two of them like running through the empty house and yeah. then the scene of the end with, with Don Fabrizio in the streets. Mm-hmm. In these scenes where they're like up on the hills hunting together, this is sort of the only times that Don Fabrizio gets to talk openly.
1: Yeah. Cause there's no one to hear, right? Yeah.
0: And so in one of these scenes, which, which takes place after, after the plebiscite, the results of the plebiscite were like 100% of the vote voted for the, the nationalists. And when they're up on this hill talking, the hunter reveals, no, I, I didn't vote for the Nationalists. I I know this vote was rigged. Yeah. And Don Fabrizio's like, yeah, absolutely it's rigged, but you just kind of got to deal with that. Yeah. Then the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie is, uh, is a very long ball. Yeah. Where everyone goes and dances. Uh, and this ball is basically an excuse...
1: For Bert Lancaster to mope around the rich for a while, yeah, um, and he does a, a, some and, incredible moping,
0: yeah, and yeah, and there are always incredibly choreographed shots of hundreds of people in incredible clothes dancing to the same music for about thirty minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it, it does. It like, seems eternal, but in like a, a deliberate, it, it yeah, like this is this is the party that will never end and. Also, will be over in an instant. It's it's
0: it's interesting. Yeah, strong. I think. Yeah, it 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 is. I think it. it, Yeah, it 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 is a sequence that I think is very thematically rich and is interesting to think about. But uh, I think it kind of sucks to watch.
1: I yeah. And then, what is it? Fabrizio leaves the party alone. walks through the 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 streets looking glum and in yeah, well, the well, film ends. yeah he,
0: he like he, he he he's been getting older and sicker as the movie has been progressing yeah yeah and he he's just had the like episode of, of coughing and mm. and seeming very sick
1: well it does seem that he's going out there to die yes, like, yes. A, like a cat
0: yeah and as the party is ending Claudia Cardinale and Alain Delon offer him like a ride back in, in their carriage and he says no I'll, I'll I'll walk the fresh air will do me good mm. and he puts on his coat and yeah and and walks off into the night and the, the film ends on a, on a shot of him just walking down this like lonely empty alleyway.
1: Yeah. It, it, it is. It is a film set saturated in melancholy from the beginning to the end. But like that is, that is the moment where it sits the most heavily. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know. It just feels strange because so much, so much of the film has been hitting that tune that hearing it reprised, you're like, you yeah, know, I, I know shift, shift, what changes? Yeah. Um, but also is that me imposing my ideas of what I want it to be rather than what it is? Who knows?
0: Yeah I, think no, it, I, I, yeah. I think, I think it might be,
1: but also I do, if you're going to spend over three hours, tell me some, telling me something. Oh uh, yeah. You're not yeah. like, if you, it, but, like, the, the- this film luxuriates in itself a lot. Yes. And, and it it is Philip Glass. It, repetition is a kind of change to it. And um, iteration being uh, uh, hinted at but rejected being, like, a major thematic movement. Like, the idea of, like, what if people could change? And then, like, oh, they do, but for the wrong reasons. um. Is is like interesting, but I don't think is three hours of material.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. That final forty five minutes ball sequence. Is sort of a microcosm of the whole movie because yeah. it, it is something that I find much more enjoyable to think about than to actually watch. Yeah, but but I also think if I had seen, if I had been able to see it in the theater, I, I probably would have had a much better time. I think like knowing what was going on and so sort of just being able to like sink into it, I I think, I think would have been helpful.
1: Yeah, true, and also like at a time where films could be long, like we are so trained that when films are long there's a lot in them. Mm. There's a lot of different things as opposed to a lot of one thing, which is not not necessarily, which is no less valid an approach. And like, yeah, I just think recounting it like this, like you telling me the story and like now, like I remember, I remember the bits Mm. you're telling me, but it's like that it fell so quickly out of my mind, I think is a symptom of the, the deliberate monotony of Mm. it, And if that is the goal, congrats, but also like i I lost the point, like the 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 medium being like i will I will present to you the kind of emptiness of this life by making it go on forever mm. and and always seemingly curve back on itself. Like, it gets to that point so well the medium loos- covers the message.
0: Yeah, and, like, some, some, so, something like The 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 Earrings of Madame Dare, yeah. I, think, I think, also does, like, a very similar thing. But but also in the, like, ball sequence in The Earrings of Madame Dare, the sequence where the two of them are dancing is cutting through all of those different dances they go to. Yeah, they're it's like, drilling the hole in it, the
1: ground, as it, we yeah, discussed. Like,
0: that, that, that sequence is, like, so beautiful, and it's filled with, like, it it like it, it goes like it, it goes so quickly, but like it, it like it, it, it it's it's a it's a long sequence to just show two people dancing and talking, but like it, yeah. but like it 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 moves at a really good pace and like it and like it 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 moves you through like a bunch of story while while doing that, and there is nothing in in the leap to like Visconti isn't interested in making a movie that that like moves fast, but that yeah. is kind of what I want from this sort of movie.
1: Like absolutely. But I think there is, I think this film rides the line between being long and slow mm. and being boring and potentous. Yeah. And like, l- length is a neutral descriptor. Like, there are many long and slow films that I love. Yeah. Um, and, and I love films that can hypnotize me and wash over me. But sometimes films can wash over you so well that you end up totally cleaned of them. But this is not me saying out of shite and sound I call it shite. Mm. It is me saying that it is kind of like uh it is a very faint sound. And mm. that no, it's a quiet sound. <laughs> it's so quiet maybe I didn't even hear it. Cause I'm not like I understand why this is good. The the look of it alone. Who is the cinematographer? Um but 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 Giuseppe Rotundo,
0: Rotuno, Rotuno.
1: Um, incredible job, and like oh, that yeah. alone earns it it its place. Especially, um, like the this almost cartoonish, almost painterly saturation to it, um, is great. And like, yeah, obviously Visconti has skill, and obviously the cast is great, but I just. Yeah, I forgot it. I forgot the film. And if that's what he wanted, hooray, sound.
0: You know, but you know, also like. Do you know this film has seven credited writers?
1: Yeah. Is one, does one of the, and it's adapted from an eighth writer. Oh, no, that is. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Six credited writers adapting a novel.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a lot.
1: But out of Shite and Sound, what do you rate it?
0: Uh, I I I mean I I think I I would also call like on, on the on the lower end of sound yeah but but again I I think this is one bit if bit like could grow for me on on a, on a rewatch yeah
1: I I yeah I agree with that I'm never gonna watch it again though yeah. I mean maybe maybe I'll get deep into Visconti and there is one last thing I have to say which is Leslie French who's a British actor was in this film he's his Cavalier Chevalier. Um, and, and I only bring that up because this was the job he was doing that caused him to turn down being cast as the Doctor
0: in oh, Doctor Who. Oh, wow. The, the cinematographer for this on Giuseppe Rotundo also shot All That Jazz. Ah. Uh, he, he shot uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. He uh, uh, he shot Popeye the Sailor for for Robert Altman. Oh. Uh, he shot yeah Popeye for Robert Altman. He shot uh, a couple of Mike Nichols films, uh, Wolf and Carnal Knowledge. He shot uh, uh, the the Sidney Pollock remake of Sabrina. Uh, he he shot a bunch of uh, uh, oh he also shot Regarding Henry. He shot a bunch of Fellini films. He he shot Roma. He shot Satyricon. He shot Armacord.
1: Uh, wow, what a Good work, dude. Yeah. Now, we both agree it's mildly good. Mm. And I think I speak for both of us when we say that's the only possible opinion. It's it's
0: certainly the majority opinion.
1: Well, and it is. But, like, the interesting thing about this film is, like, this film is almost at the top of my list now of, like, films that shouldn't really be on this list because I just think that there are more. Like, it's not that it's bad. I just think it is. I'm sure there are more interesting films yeah. that could be in its place. Um but that said, if someone didn't like it and was public about that or on a, a social media platform, that would be uh a work of um mania on a par with like foaming at the mouth um while screaming naked in the middle of a cricket pitch, you know?
0: Yep. Well, I think I've seen. I found. Uh, uh, I I think I found just such a fool. What? This no, is, but that's that's it's impossible. This that's is not. This is a a one star review of a leopard by okay. Letterboxd user uh, Stazan.
1: Oh Stazan. I love their work. Yeah, I especially like uh, their 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 viewing of films and how they record it publicly for mm-hmm. for other people to discuss. Yeah, I think they're a real master of the form.
0: Oof. Sad (laughs) emoji. It took me three days to force myself to watch this long, static, sludgy-looking film.
1: Okay, so his first mistake was, well, their first mistake was uh, uh, watching it clearly set
0: on some kind of slow-motion setting, (laughs) It took them three days. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, the, the... The only animated part of this film is an overly long battle sequence. The only reason I watched this was because Martin Scorsese said he loved it, and I didn't want to be an ignorant movie guy. I guess I could see why he would be attracted to the grandeur of it, but I couldn't care less about the elements of the story and genre. So I would
1: if- just like to to take a moment to stress the irony of the statement. I only watched this film because Martin Scorsese likes it, followed by, I am not an ignorant movie guy. Like... Hmm, yeah, okay. I'm, look, I'm not a vegetarian. I just don't eat meat,
0: you know? Bert Lancaster seems miscast in the sea of foreign actors, and his off-putting acting style didn't help either. Oh, okay. So, like, like yeah. this person just, I think, doesn't get how Italian films were made at this point. Well,
1: I, they, they also seem like a, 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 an America-centric
0: dick. Yeah, but, like, major Italian films of this period... All star non Italians. Yeah. Because. How you got money. Yeah. And the two main stars of this movie are American and French. Yeah. And and because the Italians didn't record sound on set anyway, yeah. and everything was overdubbed, like it wasn't a problem. You get the biggest stars will bring the biggest box office, no no matter what country they're from, which is something I like really enjoy about Italian films. <laughs> yeah. It's like there is such an international feel to their cast of this time.
1: I think they recorded sound on set for this because but everyone's speaking their native language, right, yeah, yeah. except possibly I think Delon might have been speaking Italian. He seems like someone who could speak Italian. And it was that they dubbed Lancaster for the Italian version and everyone else right. for the American version. This person I can I can tell from their review ha, has a pretty wild taste in films. If only there was some way I could
0: drill deeper into it. There's, there's no way to know though. So. Well, uh, Ufa. Yeah. I think there might be a way to know. Okay. Would you want to uh, uh, try and guess uh, their, their top four favourite films on Letterboxd? Oh, you sure think. Okay, so we've got uh, uh, we've got two Vietnam films:
1: uh, uh, Platoon? No. Um, Full Metal Jacket? No. De
0: Five Bloods? No. Forrest Gump? No. It's the two most highly regarded Vietnam films.
1: Oh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And, Ah oh, Deer Hunter. Yes. The clue was Finn pretending to shoot himself in the head. Yep.
0: Next, we have the musical, It's Not Set in a Prison or Australia.
1: Oh, The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there? Yeah, it is a musical. Yeah. I just, I forget things, as, as you know.
0: And last of all, we have The Inspiration, for The Funniest Joke Ever on The Simpsons. Citizen Kane? No. The original movie is not a musical, but in The Simpsons it's turned into a musical. Planet
1: of the Apes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, f-
0: I hate every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee.
1: Can I play the piano anymore? <laughs> of course you can, well, I couldn't before. Yeah.
0: I love you, Dr. Zai-ish. Yeah, That scene is like 40 seconds long, and it has all of the best jokes in it. I, yeah. So, Finn. Yes. Do you have a severe couple take? Not specifically, I, I, I just... Uh I, I just uh, in, enjoy all of the movies of hers that I've seen. The Bling Ring is sort of fine. Uh it doesn't do anything particularly interesting, I don't think. Uh and I I, I like her version of the of the less than the Don Siegel version, mm-hmm. although there are elements that I like more. I I, 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 I think that Colin Farrell is uh, much better in, in in the lead than Clint Eastwood because uh, Colin Farrell can, uh, can believably play Vulnerable, which Clint Eastwood uh, can, uh, cannot. I, like,
1: yes. I really want to see Clint Eastwood play Vulnerable, though. But he would need, like, he would never allow it. Oh, I know? mean,
0: I don't know. I'm sure there's, there's a movie where he does it. But um, there are a few other films I've still never seen. Like, I've never seen Virgin Suicides... And I haven't seen somewhere, and I think those are the two main ones I haven't seen.
1: Yeah, they. She, I, I just really love Sophia Coppola. Mm.
0: I am. Um, I think lots like, of me, 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 and Sophia Coppola have. Uh, it seems like the same taste in music. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I, I enjoy that about her films, and I, I enjoy as uh, uh, like uh, slow, sad films about. Uh, uh, about uh, uh, about uh, uh, either uh, Scarlett Johansson or Bill Murray being uh, being said, <laughs> um, yeah, or, lo- or, or Kirsten Dunst. I, yeah, Lost in Translation, I
1: think, uh, remains a very strong hmm. film. Um, r- increasingly racist though it may be, yeah. Um, and oh, when I saw that, I went back and looked at The Virgin Suicides which I had encountered first as a book, the Jeffrey Eugenides book. And that I think is also a really strong work. And so I was really stoked for Marie Antoinette when it came out. And then in in quite a similar Baz way, I, I flinched away from Marie Antoinette. Right. Not for any inherent reason within the film, but because it was capital F for capital G girls. Yeah. Uh, and I was, you know, 18 at the time and I didn't like things for girls. I liked things for artistic smart men like me, mm-hmm. but then like somewhere at the time I was kind of bored by cause it's, <laughs> it's port- like it relies a lot on mood yes. and has a lot going for, itself in terms of mood.
0: Yeah, because it's a Sofia Coppola film.
1: But it doesn't it doesn't play with that enough for me. Bling-ring I waited a while on. But yeah, no, I think it is it is good. I've not seen like yeah, the Bling-ring is 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 good rather than great. Yeah. Um but I like that we have a woman's take on that kind of thing. Yeah. If you that kind of thing uh, on that situation and I think that cast is is strong and incredibly well cast. I haven't seen the beguiled, but seeing on the rocks, I, I found quite a distressing experience and that it is all this money has been thrown at this thing, which I, and I think on the, because like part of the subtext of lost in translation is that it is somewhat transparently autobiographical. Yes. uh, it, in a way. And you can see that throughout her work to different degrees, like virgin suicides is obviously building off a, um, uh, another text and sticking pretty closely to it, uh, for at least a lot of the running time. But I haven't done the comparison recently, but it is clearly it at least feels like it comes from a very personal experience of a young, young, womanhood. Yeah. Um, and and Marie Antoinette, as much as it is a comment on that time and a comment on pop culture is also a film about like a woman who was born into status and power within her industry, um, getting kind of attacked for things she didn't say, or she Mm. did say, and, and eventually getting, um, uh, uh, constantly being splashed by the waves caused by the men around her, you know, Yeah. uh, uh by both her parents and her, uh, uh at that point partner and, and somewhere is, is about a rich person hanging
0: out in, um, Oh, what is at, it? At the, at the
1: Chateau Marmont, which is like, it's not hard to decode.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it, and- it's,
0: it's, it's where you go. If you want to hear Jeff Goldblum, just playing jazz piano in a lounge.
1: And, and so, on the rocks is in, in short, uh, a film about like uh, you know a writer. She doesn't have any ideas, um,
0: and, and she 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 she's you know she's like in her forties now. She's she's not feeling as attractive as she used to. She yeah. thinks her husband might be cheating on her. Yeah, and so her 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 caddish womanizing dad, played by Bill Murray, yeah, comes in with who, his
1: who everyone loves has a, and has a long legacy. Yeah. Um uh comes in and and turns her life around. And so like the combination of the fact of me be, like on the rocks to me is is a, the very definition of like uh, uh, uh writers who don't have an idea writing about writers who don't have an idea. Yeah, And then she's like oh the solution to this is just to make lost in translation again. And like Rashida Jones uh, uh, does a great job as the lead of that film. I was not charmed by Bill Murray in that film at all. I was just very irritated by him. But, and then just, but just this moment of like, not bling ring on the rocks is beautiful. Uh, 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 It looks great. And I spent so, so much of that film looking at just like, is this film good? If it didn't have any of Coppola's collaborators. Mm-hmm. And obviously, film is a collaborative medium. With one exception, obviously, one of my beloved filmmakers, someone who has had a surprisingly long tail, has mm-hmm. did a generational work about what it is to, to grow up that came out, recently did very well at the Indes- Independent Spirit Awards, but was yep. snubbed at the Oscars. Yep, Neil uh, Green. Yep. And, and no, I'm, of course, talking about Richard Linklater's You Can't Learn How to Plough by Reading Books. <laughs> um and which is an accusation I, I I know I've seen thrown against Lost in Translation. Yeah. Lost in Translation is uh, a, an incredibly short film that covers everything else. And so watching on the rocks and kind of squinting and going like, if this was just done on a DV cam in someone's room, the script would be flat. And... It, it would not be interesting. And what, what Coppola has is access and collaborators and that's great, good and fine. Mm. And it like a key part to filmmaking, but when those are collaborators, you have access to, because you know uh, you were in the Godfather part three <laughs> and not because of your talent. Um, so, it can become kind of infuriating especially yeah. when you're using all of that to make a film about how you're kind of you don't have any ideas what to do and you end up just casting Jessica Henwick to be a cipher when man Jessica Henwick so great um can't wait to see her in the matrix 4 oh, yeah. um and so I was kind of, and this is the first going back to Marie Antoinette. I was kind of ready to talk about, to come to Marie Antoinette and be like, actually the queen has no clothes. This is just another Sophia Coppola making a vlog with money that it was brought to her by privilege and without talent. Mm. Uh, I, I was ready to make this a call out post. That's yep. what I'm saying. But but I,
0: I I was wrong. Marie Antoinette is still good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it is a movie that it develops and sustains its mood really well. It takes you through a bunch of changes. It yeah. uh, it has uh, has a fantastic soundtrack. It, 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 it It's it's fun. It's, yeah.
1: Like, it, it is yeah. fun in a way that, that never feels like it's dismissing the point it's making. Mm-hmm. You're like, you understand why this is fun for her, but also why it is bad, you yeah. know? You understand why she has to live and why people, why people yeah. want her and to like, die.
0: It, it, is, it is like a... It, it, it is, I think, like an, an interesting take on on Marie Antoinette that doesn't gloss over the sort of like inherent badness of, of the French monarchy.
1: Well, and it does that by really interestingly uh, of, of like, because part of the thing Coppola has been saddled with apart from the name, obviously, is the fact that, that she was coming up, you know, in the 90s and noughts when it was still a lot of first women, mm. you know, she was the first American woman to win the golden lion. Right. She yeah. was one of the first women to be nominated for best director, uh, at, at the Oscars. Second or third. She wasn't the first, right. but she, she was like early. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and because and cause the world is terrible, that kind of makes everything that she does seen as like, is this good feminist praxis lens. <laughs> And Marie Antoinette is about her kind of casting a female lead who does nothing. Who's in, this, this, this reactive character who is, who's is buffeted on the winds of the film around her. And I think like that it is a woman making that film makes that the point, right? Mm. Like if a man uh, or someone who is not a woman had made this film, or someone who had no experience of being a woman mm-hmm. um, made this film, making it about how uh, a Marie Antoinette is very much kind of like a victim of her circumstance and um, a, just a, a, a just a person caught in a world she did not define, could not control and was just kind of pushed along. It would seem kind of gross you know what I mean? And, like, she has agency within her own life. She yeah. she has her friends, she how she chooses to interact with people. But, like, the big things, the capital P, P plot is something that happens to her yeah. rather than she enacts on. And, yeah, I just I, – I think, I think it's really interesting and really strong. Mm. Oh, man, it's good. I, I, I was also going into it because so much – it feels to me like, you know – the anachronistic music choices, obviously. The, um, you know, famously she has some Converse All Stars in, uh, in her closet in <laughs> one scene. I was really ready for that to not have dated well, for it to yeah. be kind of Baz's Gatsby, for it to have been a film that were that where you're like, oh, the point you are making. No longer really applies, or is, is is much harder to apply, because you are now speaking to a time that is also in the past. But because, like, the choice of *Converse All-Stars* <laughs> to real to make them a key of that that style, mm-hmm. the 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 punk modernism she puts in it. um, is that like, and like the music she chooses is not it's not Avril Lavigne. yeah yeah as, as delight <laughs> like I want to be clear like if this film had a montage, like her meeting it's, it's Louis it's for Skater the- Boy. Yeah, yeah her meeting Louie to the first time of skater Boy would be great
0: yeah she doesn't choose music from mid-2000s she chooses music from the late 70s and early 80s music made, yeah. like music that was like, radical in its day and is now seen as well, this is just like classic rock now.
1: Well, and, and when it does choose modern music and it's like Aphex Twin and Square right, right, Pusher, yes, yes. Um, uh, people, you know, she met through her ex husband um, and who weren't, who were like the if you know, you know musicians. Mm. And so when it is like Sushi and the Band, Su-
0: Sus- Susie,
1: Susie, Susie and the Band, she's yeah. Adam and the Ants, New Warder, it is. It's already timeless, mm. and it, it it is strange that yeah. Because at the time, I was like, "Well, this will date poorly." I was, oh, fuck, I was an idiot.
0: Yeah, like oh, the 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 scene of a bunch of like people in fancy French rich person costumes dancing to bow wow wow is gonna yeah. that's, that's like I know that that's that's just always gonna be good.
1: Yeah. And it is so. It is interesting because, like, she was also very open about deliberately making it very modern. Mm. And it is that thing of like the definition, the the difference between modern and current or topical. Yeah, Uh, and that she she's making a film that feels like it is set now and still kind of feels like no, like it was made now but is set in the past. Yeah, Oh, man. Yeah, it's great. The cast is great and Rip torn who you know well, he, he he's there he's he, he's present but like Danny Houston yeah. Shirley Henderson Molly Shannon mm. Rose Byrne Jacinda Ardern herself
0: mm. uh, T- Tom Hardy is there <laughs> uh, Judy Davis Yeah Schwartzman <laughs> just fuck <laughs> jason schwartzman is so much fun in this movie
1: i love how and like again um, schwartzman just incredible recipient of nepotism yeah but yes. i i do love there is like that the wave of zoetrope and zoetrope adjacent <laughs> films where it is just like everyone just has to write a role for a jason schwartzman to write and maybe he's the charming lead or maybe he's a monster and it is um it's Night of the Hunter. It's not him that changes. It's the film. Yeah. And like Kirsten Dunst is, of course, someone, uh, oh, Coogan, of yeah. course. Yeah.
0: But I, 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 I love, I, I, I just love Jason Schwartzman's, like, uh, I love that his take on Louis the 16th is like, what if he was Max Fisher? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I, like, like legit a child.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and which I think is something like, as a way to explore toxic masculinity is like a really interesting choice Mm. to make. And it's like, we know he has played things other than that. Yeah. But also like, do you think Jason Schwartzman is getting worried about the fact that he's not aged? (laughs) Like, do you think he is ever like,
0: uh oh. <laughs> I think he's probably pretty chill about it.
1: I don't know. I would be at this point, cause we are now like 25 years into Jason Schwartzman yep. and like you would not need digital de-aging technology. <laughs> I'm, a, I, would oh, I mean, s- I think, I think you can tell he's not Max Fisher anymore. Do you think he occasionally just has someone shoot him to check he's not immortal? Like non-fatally, but, um, oh, and Matthew Elmerick, James yeah. Lance. Oh, it is, it's a great cast, but also, the great move is Kirsten Dunst, who I think is someone who has been quite hard done by. Hmm. Um, I mean, not in her music career. Glad that failed. You ever want to hear a bad cover of taking, uh, turning oh, Japanese? Yeah. <laughs> oh no.
0: Yeah. As, as far as Sophia Coppola leading ladies who have gone to have a uh, uh, failed musical careers, I much prefer uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's.
1: Kirsten is, is an, is incredible casting in this as she is in almost everything, but she just has, and, it, and I feel bad for her cause it feels like five years later, she would be Amy Adams, you know? Mm. Amy Adams we met through Enchant not Enchanted, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and through something that is for kids and for girls, a pink film, if you will. No, 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 I, no, 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 no. no other definition of the term
0: <laughs> pink film has ever been used. No, oh, really, because I've, no. I've, I've got some uh, some Japanese softball pornography to tell you about. Oh, Finn, come on.
1: <laughs> no, stop. The problem is that they're all boring. Don't what? <laughs> You shouldn't know that. No, anti-porno isn't.
0: No, yeah. Anti-porno is good. Oh,
1: God. I did, like, anti-porno is the film I hate myself the most for liking. <laughs> look, Hey, if you're listening to this, look up anti-porno. And if it sounds even faintly interesting to you, watch it because it is actually really good. Mm. But also, if it's not interesting to you, don't watch it. It's bad and I don't like it. <laughs> so please i the most it important was like 78 minutes long you the, got you got you got the time the important thing is that you like me please but because we met kirsten like obviously she was was
0: was, was virgin Suicides her first movie
1: i mean <laughs> no interview nope. with a vampire. the oh, oh, the right, dog. right, right. She, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was. I, I think she, she was a a young. Ac- she, yeah, she was a child star. Right, yeah, for, I, 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 for, I, I t- for t- a totally long time.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. She, she has been in, uh, just a cartoonish amount of things. Yeah, you know, from oh, she's in Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh, but yeah. she's young Amy in the '94 Little Women, Jumanji. You, yeah. yeah. Um small yeah. But it seems like the thing where it was like check 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 this. Oh, yeah, out she,
0: she she had made like twenty movies before she did virgin suicides.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, she <laughs> but like the big thing I think her big because virgin suicides as much as she is the lead uh, and, um like bring it on is the thing that like you kind of that feels like look, here's a movie star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though she'd done loads of loads of stuff before that yeah. point. And and because Bring It On is A good. Check it out.
0: Have you seen it? Um, I've seen the one with Hayden Panettiere. No, that's Panettiero. Bring It On All or Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, the third, the, 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 one. The, yeah, the third
1: one. Um there are four, I believe. Yeah. Um but it, it it is it's good. It's fun, it's funny, uh, its heart is in the right place, and it, and it does semi-interesting things. Uh, and th- there's a good joke every two minutes uh, from the director of Ant-Man. Check it out. Bring oh, it on. Right, yeah. Yeah, Peyton List. Yeah. Peyton Reed.
0: Pa- Peyton Reed. Yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's an actress called Peyton List. That,
1: um. And I just don't think she ever – and, like, building up to that with things like Drop Dead Gorgeous, with, yeah, things for kids. She was literally Kiki in Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think taking someone who is like that, someone who in, in, a, in a faintly parallel universe would have literally been a Disney kid or a Nickelodeon kid and making her Marie Antoinette is a really strong idea. And it just makes me sad that the the fact that that she so successfully did that thing uh, of being the lead girl, mm. um, meant that she has gone through that she's not in three films a year, yeah. Well, and she's she, not the lead of two of them. And well, like, sure, she, she's done Melancholia and yeah. stuff,
0: but that's well, she 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 also had the thing that like that like a, a lot of child stars have where after a while they just fucking crash and i think she she had like serious problems with alcohol for for, for quite a while God. and like and like spent time in rehab and yeah but like i think now she's like married to jesse Plemons, and they're, they're they're on like fargo together yeah like, right. yeah and, and
1: they're great in fargo yeah everyone like, is good in fargo but
0: yeah. yeah you can definitely read this film both as a commentary on sophia coppola's career but also on kirsten dunst's career yeah, It is about someone who has been told their whole life, you're going to be this big important thing. Mm. And then they're like received rapturously. Everyone loves them. And then it just dwindles and people decide, no, we don't, we don't like you anymore. You're, you're doing the thing you've, you've always done. But like now we've decided that we're against it.
1: Well, and it's, and like part of it is that she did this haunted trilogy of bad films, <laughs> which went like she was in Elizabeth town. Yeah playing like the definitional manic pixie yes. dream girl. And like, um, like, and the thing is like, we have to blame Cameron Crowe for that yeah. because on paper, uh, uh, her character in Elizabeth town, which is, oh, just empty headed idiot point like point fucking pointless bullshit mm. character in this charmless hacky film that, that makes you like retroactively sus- be suspicious about every other good Cameron Crowe film. Um, on paper, that role would have looked almost identical to Renee Zellweger and Jerry Maguire, right. um, which is uh, a, a great role in a good film. And so, yeah, we can't blame her for that. Then there's Marie Antoinette, which is a film that was at least, I think, perceived to have failed. Yeah. Especially on the back of it being the follow-up. And then, of course, there's Spider-Man 3. Yeah, the the,
0: the, 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 the first film I ever saw at IMAX.
1: Oh, wow. Ugh. Which, and again, none of those are her fault. No. And she does, like... You cannot play Elizabeth Town well, but she, she, like, she is playing the truth of what she was given. Yeah. And unfortunately, what she was given... Was
0: nonsense garbage.
1: Yeah, no, it is, it is like, it's, you know, the Top Chef challenge where they're like, we can't eat this. You've literally given us uncooked horse shit. And they're like, but the challenge was... Was prepare uncooked horse? Yeah, shit. Like
0: you 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 put that in the pantry for me to use? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, and and there was nothing else we could do. We couldn't even use salt and pepper. It was this was a plating challenge. Um, and and Mar- you, you only gave us a horse and a bowl. <laughs> And of those, three, like out of Elizabeth, Town, Marie Antoinette, Spider Man three, Marie Antoinette is the good film. And- I think mean,
0: there's stuff to be said for Spider Man three.
1: No, there's not. Yeah, fuck, that's right. You're cut. Sh-
0: I mean, like I've like it. It's it's probably been like tw- the
1: Sandman effects are good, and his performance yeah, of Sandman is
0: good. Yeah. It's probably been like twelve years since I've seen it. Yeah, but like. Uh the 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 like the the dancing scene is great.
1: No, um, oh, mate.
0: Dancing's good.
1: No, it, like the dancing scene on its own is great, the film doesn't earn it. But it's like um,
0: what would this weirdo nerd think cool guys do? Yes. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah.
1: No. I I don't think that scene is a bad idea or yeah. badly executed. I just don't think like that film I think is Compromised. Oh yeah, At yeah. several fundamental levels.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it, it's it's a it's a total mess.
1: Uh, and, and I think part of that is the means that it just does not earn any part
0: of it. Is, is one of the twists in that movie that the Sandman is actually responsible for Uncle Ben's death? Yeah. How do they retcon that? They just wreck, I don't. Who gives a shit? No. They just recon it. No.
1: It's a fucking superhero film. No. Um, silly,
0: they shouldn't have done that.
1: But it is it's so like Elizabethtown, vile. Spider-Man 3, at best, a mistake.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting failure in certain points. And
1: that Marie Antoinette is grouped in with those is so egregiously an expression of sexism that it is very difficult to not just want to run through the streets yelling, we all owe Sophia an apology, and we should... You know, where's the
0: criterion uh, of Marie Antoinette? Do we need to talk about the plot? I think we should go through like some 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 of the like songs of the movie where they were used and like what what our favorite like of those sequences were. To like start off with this film opens with one of my favorite needle drops in a film of all time, which is uh, 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 which is like the, the 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 credits open on like a on like a smash cut to the title and and the song Natural's Not In It by Gang of Four playing. Yeah. And First time I watched this movie, which was, I think, last year, when that happened, I was like, okay, this film's good. Opening a film about Marie Antoinette with a song by this, like, Marxist post-punk funk band is uh, such a good and smart choice. And it is being like, we are not being subtle about this. (laughs) Like, it is.
1: This does not so much wear wear its intentions on its sleeve as wear a full dress made of the statement, fuck these people, fuck this system, you know?
0: Uh, As far as opening credits needle drops go, that should be talked about in the same terms as people talk about the Be My Baby needle drop in Mean Streets.
1: I'm trying to remember what song they play in the prison in Mission Impossible, colon, Ghost Protocol.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I watched it like oh right yesterday yeah <laughs> um it doesn't matter i'm, I'm gonna rewatch that film soon so i'll tell you <laughs> it's good you can yeah. borrow my blu-ray oh uh great yeah i'll, I'll definitely see yeah. it.
1: that's why i watched it I, was like, I now own two missions impossible the two best ones <laughs> two and three <laughs> four and six right, I'm not a fool. Right. yeah um, yeah. um uh, but yeah, no. Just to update on my fourth or fifth watch of Ghost Protocol in whoops. my life, st- still whips. And the thing you forget is how that film is so like literally every every other scene is an incredible set piece. It's ah, oh, it's great. And yeah. also, like for of all the films that were hurriedly rewritten, both during and post shooting. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because seamless. Yeah, that was the one where they were like, "We're going to hand over to Jeremy Renner on this one." Yeah. And then they brought in Macquarie and he's like, no, no, you're not.
1: Well, yeah. And, but they brought in Macquarie like two months from the ends of shooting. And so <laughs> Macquarie's job wasn't even like, I'm going to blue sky this. Mm. He was like, he, it was like, here are, here's everything we've shot what oh, okay. what's the new thing you can make with the the <laughs> stuff we've shot? Oh,
0: cool! Yeah, I
1: know, but and but like that, they made that yeah.
0: film out of it, and yeah, it, oh. it, it, it it so does not feel like a film that 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 had that done to it.
1: Oh no, and it just feels it has this. You know, it's a two hundred million dollar fucking action film. It it, it it it's a it's an expression of the voracious need of capitalism, yeah. where the it's lead producer and lead actor is the head of one of the most dangerous organizations on the planet. But it is also and, a, and just most, slick and, and
0: cool, and a lot of the movie is about him climbing the tallest building in the world so yeah. that you can all, so everyone can see how cool and great he is.
1: Yeah, and but it is just. Oh, it gets it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And that cast, why is Paula, Paula Patton? Oh, she should be back. She should be in seven, eight, nine or whatever the ones they're doing. I mean, they're obviously because presumably the next two films are the big two part finale. Yeah. And they are just 100% absolute idiots. If there is not like, we've got one final mission and then over the final mission, like everyone they can get yeah. comes back to play a role like John Voigt. I mean, okay. The people who are still <laughs> alive, oh, John Voigt's alive. His character isn't no, no, he, he dies oh. twice,
0: <laughs> you know, um, no, but like him and, Oh, I want to, uh, I was going to say, I've been, I've been watching heat a lot recently Yeah, and, uh, John Voigt, uh, good, good job in heat. How many times have you watched Heat recently? Oh, I mean, I've only seen it twice this year. But like, within like a month of each other, I watched it twice. Watch LA Takedown. Down? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I think I'm gonna watch Heat for a fourth time, and I'll watch LA Takedown. Needle drops. Yeah, there's a section of the film where they play like three songs in a row by the band Bow Wow Wow, a lesser-known like new wave post-punk band.
1: Yeah, my knowledge of them exists purely within this film
0: yeah so bow wow, wow was this band that was that was essentially manufactured by malcolm mclaren after the sex pistols broke up and he was like uh, i need a new way to make money and uh, so he got a bunch of the musicians from adam from adam and the ants uh, and 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 also a 14 year old girl for cool mohawk <laughs> to be the singer yeah and uh then they uh, made some music that is uh, good. There's also some like uh, uh, I think like uh, deeply uh, perverse and uh, problematic stuff about Bower wow, but uh, we don't need to get into that. But there yeah. the, 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 there is this one sequence in the movie, uh, which uh, well it's like free it's like free scenes. Uh, the first is, uh, is 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 Marie Antoinette and Rose Byrne and all of their, uh, as as Kirsten Dunst and Rose Byrne and all of their friends, like j- just like eating a bunch of like uh, sweets and d- drinking champagne and said to, I want, it's set to Bow Wow's cover of, I want candy. And then uh, that, that night they go, they go to a party.
1: And it, like an over deployed song, mm. incredibly well deployed. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they, 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 they go to a party and when they walk into the party, uh, it's, uh, uh the, uh, 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 when they walk into the party, th- there is, I think, initially an orchestral version of, of Hong Kong Garden by Susie and the Banshees, which then transitions into the actual version of Hong Kong Garden by Susie and the Banshees. Mm. And then after that, it goes into a song called Aphrodisiac by Bow Wow, wow which is a, f- a song I first heard, uh, in this film, which I, uh, love and listen to all the time. I think it's, uh, just a incredibly catchy bit of, like, new wave pop. And, uh, then the next, then the next morning when they're coming home from a the party, uh, they 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 they're listening to, uh, the they're listening to Bama Wells cover of "Fools Rush uh, In" a a version that was like remixed by Kevin Shields from "My Bloody Valentine," mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that 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 seems also uh, re- really good. And Sophia Coppola is, I think, so good at using music in her films. There are tons of filmmakers who have similar taste in music to me. But when they use a song I like, it, it feels like it feels fake.
1: Well, so often you feel like um the 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 director is just playing you a song they like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't quite understand like how to deploy it. Yeah. Or it's just like, Oh, this is this is my favorite song, you know?
0: Yeah. Like the reaction I had the first time a Nick Cave song played in Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League versus the reaction I had the second time a Nick Cave song played in Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League.
1: Oh, Can I? Just This is the only yeah. venue I have for that. I think there are a lot of comparisons to be made <laughs> between Zack Snyder's Justice League and, and the Fast and yeah. the Furious 9 colon the Fast Saga, the 10th Fast and the Furious film. Mainly in that by now the Toretto family and Dom Toretto, Vin Diesel has become this like mythic being within the universe to the point where almost every line of dialogue in that film in in Fast and Furious 9 the 10th Fast and Furious film um are like religious koans about the Toretto family so people will be like oh you're going after him and the resp- and they'll oh you're going after Toretto well the one thing worse than a bad Toretto is two good Toretto's and just like coming
0: out of nowhere. It's, oh man. Anyway, uh, it's, it's strong. So were, were any, any use of music that, that particularly start to you? I not because I'm not good at remembering individual songs.
1: <laughs> um, no, I like all of them. Yeah. Well, my favorite is when the, when the song plays. Yeah.
0: I like when they play ceremony by new order. That's, I mean, that's, that's a great yeah.
1: one. I mean, You can just put new water in anything, and I'll like it. Yeah.
0: So fun! What a tune.
1: Marie Antoinette. Yeah.
0: Shite or sound? Uh, 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 I'd say it's sound. Yeah. Yeah. It is like both a good bit of like enjoyable, fun pop filmmaking with with like with great performances, a great soundtrack, but also like 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 has a lot on its mind and like is smart about is smart about expressing itself
1: well uh, it it does a lot um it does it well Mm. i think it's maybe her best film Mm. and yeah no i think it's obviously Mm. sound uh and luckily um i found someone on the internet who agrees with us See, we've invented this game finn where we where we find bad a bad review for the, the sound film mm-hmm. and a, shi- a sound review for the shite film. Yep. But um, luckily, because we, we both like the shite film, we now just get to, to read someone agree with us.
0: Um, I love doing that.
1: Uh, you know, uh, on Letterboxd, do you know Simon?
0: Oh, I love him. Yeah. My boy. Uh, this is his
1: five-star review of Sophia Coppola's 2006 film, Marie Antoinette. I I want to stress that there are no capital letters in this review and it is two, three sentences long. Mm. The exploration of Marie as a body trying to exist in a space out of time in any place is so potent as to appear impossible, which is the only word I can reasonably apply to this. The camera isn't sure it's supposed to be there any more than she is. The whole thing is a paradox, a portrait of something unportrayable. I think I managed to like this more than I ever had before, which means I couldn't argue against a contention that it is the greatest movie. Movie ever made, which is like I mean g- cool your boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but wouldn't, good wouldn't set of words, Simon. Wouldn't go
0: that far, but it's 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 nice that you like it.
1: And and this Simon, he he has, I think, uh a taste in film uh uh that you will enjoy. Great. Uh uh so do you wanna guess his top four? Uh sure thing Okay, one is obvious. Is it Marie Antoinette? <laughs> yeah. The second one is, um, not biblical, but, uh, screwball biblical.
0: Screwball biblical.
1: Screwball biblical.
0: Mother? No. (laughs) You
1: cannot help but stan wick this
0: film. I'm fond of it. Oh, 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 okay, okay. It's It's a... Oh, okay. It's the the Lady Eve. Yeah.
1: Uh, the next one, uh, we discussed while recording this podcast.
0: Ooh, uh. Pete. Yep.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, that rules. Uh, uh, Marie Antoinette, Hate the Lady, <laughs> and an Eisenstein film. Uh, is, it, is, is it Strike? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know, right? Yeah.
1: Like you, yes, Simon.
0: Yeah that's, yeah, that's good taste in movies. Yeah, hooray. What are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching the first serial killer film, mm-hmm. the first police procedural, one of the major progenitors of film Noir, one of the first German sound films. That's right. We were watching Fritz Lang's M, mm-hmm. uh, also known as A City Hunts a Murderer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good title. Yeah, this is an incredible film directed by Fritz Lang, written by Taya von Harbour, with Peter Laurie giving uh, giving a performance that is the reason why Peter Laurie was always cast as a creep for uh, for the next uh, forty years of his career. Yeah, justifiably so. Yes,
1: and with, because he's good at it. No, I'm not. Yeah. I don't know Peter Laurie. Yeah. And uh, uh, with, with,
0: with that, we are watching uh, a movie called The Zodiac Killer, 1971, wa- uh, released while the Zodiac killings were still occurring. Yes, this, a low-budget exploitation movie about the Zodiac Killer that was that was made with the express purpose of making the Zodiac Killer so angry that he would come to the premiere and try and kill people <laughs> so he could be caught by the police. <laughs>
1: Uh, Fucking hell!
0: Yeah, it's a real Argo.
1: It was the
0: first Argo.
1: I have not seen M in so long. Well, I, so- I,
0: I, I, I just, I just got my Blu-ray in uh, a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah, uh, so I'm looking forward to to seeing it. Zodiac Killer. Uh, it's short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Great. So, uh oh, I have another question for you, fans. Yes.
0: Where can people find you online? Uh, who gives a shit? Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at ShiteSoundPod, or you can email us at ShiteSoundPod at gmail.com. Why don't
1: you check out our website? It's at ShiteAndSound.com. Uh, if, if you're interested in following me uh, on all different social media, just look up YouthLives, Youth U T H E R L I V E S, Sign up for my newsletter. At bit.ly slash lives and listen to my other podcast. There's The Witching Hours. Find out about that at thewitchinghours.com, audio drama, and The Slow Path. Me and my partner watch Doctor Who Until We Die. <laughs> that doesn't have its own website. It's deliberately the lowest effort thing I do, but I think it's genuinely charming. Look up The Slow Path on your podcatcher of choice. What's our theme song, Finn? It's The
0: by Kazan Bland.
1: Check him out on Bandcamp. If you like the show, like and subscribe. Well, no, most podcast places now call it follow because subscribe implies money. (laughs) (laughs) Movies are good. Even
0: bad ones. Go Go watch watch them. Did you know that George Lucas uh, considers the greatest regret of his career the fact that he couldn't get John Landis to direct Howard the Duck?
1: What the fuck, George? George! <laughs> <laughs>